Junior Aspirin Records, listening session number 18. Last year at Marionbad, Redux.
As far as we can tell, the plot of the movie we've just watched, or will watch, or are not sure if we've watched, or have never watched, goes like this. At a social gathering held in a luxury hotel, a man approaches a woman. He claims they met the year before in Marienbad and is convinced that she is waiting there for him. The woman insists they have never met. The man produces photographic evidence of their prior encounter. A second man, who may be the woman's husband, repeatedly asserts his dominance over the first man, including beating him several times at a mathematical game, a version of Nim. Conversations and events are repeated in several places in the chateau and grounds. The characters are unnamed in the film. In the published screenplay, the woman is referred to as A, the first man is X, and the man who may be her husband is M. Eventually, character X bends character A to his will, and she appears prepared to leave the controlled, socially claustrophobic environment of the hotel.
Since Last Year in Marienbad was released in 1961, Alain Resnay and Alain Rob Grier's film has puzzled, delighted and infuriated its audiences. For some, it represents a high point in European cinematic art, a cubist kaleidoscope of visual riddles, topsy-turvy narrative and multivalent meaning. For others, it's the last word in obfuscation and stylized boredom, all sharp suits, meaningful looks and perspectively perfect ornamental gardens, ripe for parody. Senseless things His script is you and me Boy Time He flexes like a whore Falls wanking to the floor His trick is you and me Boy Your coat behind Take your time 
is my idol Albert Finney and Tom Courtney Wayne G. Craig and Carol White Oliver Reed and Rita Tushinger These are my favourite films Films I can watch time and time again This is my ideal world Inspired Amos Vogel, author of Films as Subversive Art, to write Ambiguity and Simultaneity, The Space-Time Continuum, The Existence of Interior and Exterior Universes, The Bankruptcy of Simplistic Causality, The Abandonment of Psychological Naturalism, The Fusion of Illusion and Reality, The End of Bourgeois Individualism, The Impossibility of Objective Truth, All the High Signs of the New Sensibility are contained in this coldly brilliant classic of the modern film. The film moved Pauline Kael to write, I was intrigued by the palaces and parks and wanted to know where they were, who had built them and for what purposes. I was interested in all the specific material that Resnay was attempting to make unspecific. But when this exercise goes on for an hour and a half, the figures abstracted from all living detail become as tiresome as shadow dancers. Lousy story, but great sets. <laughs>
Considering Kale's response further, her attack on last year in Marienbad formed part of an essay for the winter 1963 issue of the Massachusetts Review called The Six Soul of Europe Parties. In it, she writes, La Dolce Vita, La Notte, and Marienbad are all about people who are bored, successful, and rich. International cafe society. But in at least two of them, we are told they are artists. And because we know that artists embody and express their age, its soul and its temper, we're led to believe that these silly mannequins represent the soul sickness, the failure of communication, the moral isolation of one man. Fellini and Antonioni ask us to share their moral disgust at the life they show us, as if they were illuminating our lives. But are they? Nothing seems more self-indulgent and shallow than the dissatisfaction of the enervated rich, Nothing is easier to attack or expose. In a flash of American chauvinism, Kale calls for a character who enjoys every minute of it, who really has a ball, who she says would be the innocent American exploding this European mythology of depleted modern man. In an episode from season two of Mad Men, Don Draper a man living under an assumed identity, is shown watching La Notte and Last Year in Marienbad. Could this be her innocent American? I suppose I'm glad I'm on this train And it's long Somewhere between Dunkirk and Paris Most people here are still asleep But I'm awake Looking out from here At half past France Things are much different than Norway Not so cold Wonder when we'll be in Dundee Old Halvik knows his way around 
he's no fool Wish I'd get to see my son again of them or me If they're alive then I am dead Pray God and eat your daily bread Take your time We're so far away Floating in this What Kale really dislikes about Marion Bad is that it commits that most heinous of cultural crimes, pretension. Pretentiousness is a word we're all familiar with. It's always someone else's crime. It's always over there, in the way he writes, in her music taste, in the way that they dress. Yet start to unpack the word and outspills a mess of social expectations and anxieties that say as much about the accuser of pretentiousness as they do the accused. Mistrust emerges about those who pretend to be what they are not. The etymology of the word pretentious is from the Latin pre, before, and tendere, meaning to stretch or extend. 
We can think of it as holding something in front of us, like actors holding masks in classical theatre. When you break open the idea of pretentiousness, all manner of class neuroses scuttle across the floor. Fears about getting above your station and policing those suspected of trying to migrate from their social background. Suspicions grow that pretension is what scheming cultural elites use to keep the great unwashed at bay. A creeping paranoia sets in that modern art is a con. The idea that foreign subtitled films are difficult, that they do not appeal to everyone, and therefore must be aimed at the sorts of people who think they're better than everyone else, curdles into crypto-racism. Deep-seated worries about amateurism and professionalism tangle with arguments about sincerity and authenticity, elitism and accessibility. Musician Howard Devoto argued that pretentiousness is interesting, but at least you're making an effort. Your ambition has to outstrip your ability at some point. Last year at Marienbad is a pretentious film, which is precisely the point. In the trailer for the movie, the voiceover tells us, For the first time, you will be co-author of a film. From these images, you will shape the story, based on your sensibilities, your personality, your mood, your own parts. You'll decide if this image is lying or telling the truth. If this scene is real or imaginary, or if this scene shows the present or the past, you'll be given all the information. You must draw your own conclusions. Marionbad requires you to construct the meaning, to create the pretense of coherency.
But somehow we a deal with mythology. This is the age of science and technology. But somehow we a check fee antiquity. But when we can't face reality, we let go with clarity. In some lachant to vanity. In some pool insanity. In some death vision. We start preach religion. But them can't make decision when it come to a fight. Them can't make decision when it come to a rights. Man, this is the age of reality. But somehow we a deal with mythology. This is the age of science and technology. But somehow we a check free antiquity. Them when they gone out of line, them not living through a time. For them said them get signed and them blind. Them eye to the light of the world. I'm gonna search within the dark of them doom. And I show both sin instead of fight for win. Man, this is the age of reality. But somehow we a deal with mythology. This is the age of science and technology. But somehow we a check the antiquity. This is the age of decision. Some make we Lego religion. This is the age of decision. Some make we Lego division. This is the age of reality. Some make we Lego mythology. This is the age of science and technology. Some make we hold the clarity. Make we hold the clarity. Make we hold the clarity.
Roland Barthes once wrote that literary realism has always presented itself as a certain way of copying reality, as if reality were on one side and language on the other, as if reality were antecedent to language, and the latter's task was somehow to pursue the former until it caught up. Barthes also said that everyone has explained Marian Barthes, but each explanation was a meaning immediately contested by the next one. Meaning is no longer disappointed, but it remains contested. The young man stepped into the Hall of Mirrors, where he discovered a reflection of himself. Even the greatest stars discover themselves in the looking glass. Even the greatest stars discover themselves in the looking glass. Writer Tom McCarthy, whose novel Remainder tells the story of a man who uses a windfall insurance payout to reconstruct in perpetuity, with the help of actors and event producers, the happiest moments of his life, has described Robe Grier's work as a landscape of infinite repetition in which time and consciousness must find their troubled place. This is the landscape of modernity, and for all the utter strangeness of his stories, Robe Grier is, like Kafka, fundamentally an ultra-realist. He fell in love with the image of himself And suddenly the picture was distorted Even the greatest stars Dislike themselves in the looking glass Even the greatest stars Dislike themselves in the looking glass interesting coincidence that Kafka, not to mention Goethe, Chopin, Wagner and Ibsen all visited Marienbad. 
Which brings us to the strange reality Jonathan Meads observes in his essay This Year in Marion Bad. All the world knows this Marion Bad. Alain Robriot's invention brought to a sort of life by Alain Resnick at Nymphenburg near Munich and at another Bavarian Schloss, both loci 200 miles south of our West Bohemian Spa, which was already then, when the film was turned in 1961, called Marianska Lazne. Marienbad does not exist. Nothing could be less astonishing. After all, this town, in a bowl of pine-crenellated hills, is a town of the Sudetenland, which was ignominiously ceded to the Third Reich in 1938, and whose Czech inhabitants were expelled with what they could carry. That it should shun its German appellation is as natural as well water. 140 springs, 8 to 10 degrees Celsius, carbonated, used in the treatment of renal, urological, respiratory, rhinitic, asthmatic, digestive, endocrinal, and metabolic problems, among others. In short, Marienbad does not exist. du château de l'idole un grand signe noir portant rupie au col dessinait sur l'eau de folles arabesques les gargouilles pleuraient de leur rire grotesque un apollon solaire de porphyre et d'ébène attendait Pygmalion assis au pied d'un chêne je me souviens de vous et de vos yeux de jeune la part à Marienne Bad, la part à Marienne Bad. Mais où donc êtes-vous? Où sont vos yeux de jambe? Si loin de Marienne Bad, si loin de Marienne Bad. Je portais en ces temps étoiles d'angoule. Chantait au soleil et dansait dans l'étang. Vous saviez les allures d'un dieu de lune, un cas en ces fièvres, en ces lieux, en ces époques-là. Et moi, pauvre bestole, au vent de vos envies, au cœur de vos dédales, je n'étais qu'Ophélie. Je me souviens de vous, du temps de ces aubains. La part à Marianne Bad, la part à Marianne Bad. Mais où donc êtes-vous? Vous chantez vos aubades si loin de Marianne Bad, bien loin de Marianne Bad. C'était un grand château au parc lourd et sombre, tout propice aux esprits qui habitent les ombres. Et les sorciers, je crois, y battaient leurs sabbats. Quel curieux sacrifice en ce temps-là. J'étais un peu sauvage, tu me voulais câline. J'étais un peu sorcière, tu voulais mélusine. Je me souviens de toi. De tes soupirs malades, la pas Marianne Bad, à Marianne Bad. Mais où donc êtes-vous? Où sont vos yeux de jade, si loin de Marianne Bad, bien loin de Marianne? 
Mais si vous m'appeliez un de ces temps prochains Pour parler un instant aux croix de nos chemins J'ai changé, sachez-le, mais je suis comme avant Comme me font, me laissent et me défend les temps J'ai gardé près de moi les tolles d'engoulevent Les grands gants de soie noire et l'anneau de diamant Je serai à votre heure au grand château de Jeanne, au cœur de vos dédales, la femme à Marianne Bada, nous danserons encore dans ces folles parades, l'œil dans tes yeux de Jeanne, la femme. Peace. 
Interpretations have grown around last year at Marion Bad, but they have come to resemble barnacles on the hull of the ship. Set me free. Let me help you see. Come on, just let me show you what we could be. Baby, I got the key. horror film Carnival of Souls, released the following year. Both movies feature spooked, sinister organ music and a large holiday resort, perhaps abandoned and now haunted. When the room is quiet, the daylight almost gone, it seems there's something natural. Oh. 
imagining ourselves inside the photograph, the anxious pleasures of nostalgia played out with scopophilic intensity. In those days, there was a kind of fever that pushed me out of the front door, into the pale exhaust fumes parked by Broadwater Farm, or the grubby road that eventually leads to Enfield, Turkish supermarkets after chicken restaurant after spare parts shop. Everything in my life felt like it was coming to a mysterious close. I hardly walked to the end of the street without feeling there was no way to go except back. The dates I'd had that summer had come to nothing. 
My job was a dead end and the rent check was killing me a little more each month. It seemed unlikely that anything could hold much longer. The only question left to ask was what would happen after everything familiar collapsed. But for now, the summer stretched between me and that moment. It was ferociously hot and the air quality became so bad that by the evening the noise of nearby trains stuttered in in fits and starts, distorted through the shifting air. As I lay in my room, I could hear my neighbours discussing the World Cup and opening beers in their gardens. On the other side, someone was singing an Arabic prayer through the thin wall. I had no money for the pub, so I decided to go for a walk. I found myself wandering aimlessly to the west, past the terrace of chicken kebab shops and laundrettes near the tube station. I crossed the street and headed into virgin territory. I'd never been this way before. Gravel-dashed houses alternated with square 60s offices, and the white pavements undulated with cracks and litter. I walked and walked because there was nothing else for me to do, and by degrees the light began to fade. Led me to the verge of a long, greasy A road that rose up in the far distance, with symmetrical terraces falling steeply down and up again from the distant railway station. There were four benches to my right, interspersed with those strange bushes that grow in the area, whose blossoms are so pale yellow they seem translucent, almost spectral. And suddenly tired, I sat down. I held my head in my hands, feeling like shit, but a sudden breeze escaped from the terraces, and for a moment I lost my thoughts in its unexpected coolness. I looked up, and I realized I was sitting in a photograph. I remembered clearly, this photograph was taken by my mother in 1982, outside our front garden in Hampshire. It was slightly underexposed. I was still sitting on the bench, but the colors and the planes of the road and horizon had become the photo. If I looked hard, I could see the lines of the window ledge in the original photograph were now composed by a tree branch and the silhouetted edge of a grass verge. The sheen of the flash on the window was replicated by bonfire smoke, drifting infinitesimally slowly from behind a fence. My sister's face had been dimly visible behind the window, and yes, there were pale stars far off to the west that traced out the lines of a toddler's eyes and mouth. When I look back at this, there's nothing to grasp, no starting point. I was inside an underexposed photo from 1982, but I was also sitting on a bench in Haringey. Strongest of all was the feeling of 1982-ness. Dizzy, illogical, as if none of the intervening disasters and wrong turns had happened yet. I felt guilty and inconsolably sad. I felt the instinctive tug back to school, the memory of shopping malls, cooking, driving in my mother's car, all gone, gone forever. I just sat there for a while. I was so tired that I didn't bother trying to work out what was going on. I was happy just to sit in the photo while it lasted, which wasn't for long anyway. The light faded, the wind caught the smoke, the stars dimmed under the glare of the street lamps. I got up and walked away from the squat little benches and an oncoming gang of kids. A bus was rumbling to my rescue down the hill with a great big fire Alexandra Palace on its front. And I realized I did want to drink after all. Structured like a recurring dream. 
Robert Benayou has gone a step further to suggest that the film is a memory or dream of a dream. Saul Belcher thinks Marion Bad is a mathematical puzzle, the solution to which contains the combination code to a safe in a Zurich bank containing a fortune in gold sovereigns. Roy Ames gives us a number of options. Marion Bad could be a version of the Orpheus and Eurydice myth. It could represent a patient and psychologist's relationship. Although the events of the movie exist only. Last year at Marienbad is ultimately the dialectic of the Cartesian mind, its imprisonment in itself, and its anxious attempts to get out and to find a real world It is not It is rather the Cartesian's attempt to escape from solipsism. X's courtship is an ontological quest. His anxiety is that of the Cartesian individual who wants to make sure that there is something real beyond the contents of his own mind, and that there are other beings like himself. The hotel is a labyrinth inspires the search for a way out, but that also reveals every seeming exit is yet another part of the labyrinth. This is also shown by another way in which X tries to escape from the Cartesian world. Pete Milk's friend is contented though. Since the movie's costumes were designed by Coco Chanel, Marion Bad is the little black dress of art house film. Cosmo Bullwinkle holds the ornamental gardens and box edge maze. He redraws a circuit puzzle. One that bears uncanny similarity to that found in the first generation iPhone. Cordelia Weinspew sees Marion Bad as an allegory of internal politics, with Marion Bad as the version of the orphans. The Reverend Hobson J. Shuttleworth considers Marion Bad to be an essential complete risk of God creating the earth in seven days. Melkite patriarch Gregory III and Archimandrite Herbie Rostropovich long held that Marion Bad is best viewed Musician James Brown will find any member of his band if they could have stolen the wall new or small Gloucestershire screen Marion Bad as part of their annual May Day thus it is a following the chronicles of the major scholarships rounding the prior to the sound of the local chief of police in a giant
Identification. I took no paper, show you what I am. I 
I've never seen the film last year. At last the crimson cold cascades To shower dry cold eyes were there Too late to look at the chocolate While destiny prepares to fly The farmyard chorus sings its wake Upstanding anthem to